Welcome back to Ice Passports. I'm Griff. I'm Matt. And today we've got uh, we've got an interesting episode, I guess. Not not too much to cover, but I mean, next week is our final wrap up before the regular season, and I think we're this one's kind of a big one just because fantasy drafts are kind of happening like right now. Yeah, everyone's kind of ramping up for their for their drafts. So yeah, most people watching. I mean, if you haven't had your draft already, it's probably going to happen in the next two weeks. Um, I personally, I don't like to wait to have my fantasy drafts to like that last week because um, I've ran into issues in the past with like servers not being able to, oh, to, yeah. to hold the capacity of everybody drafting. Um, so yeah, I I personally like waiting just because of like all the injuries and preseason and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's a happy medium. Yeah, I I feel like the last week of August is usually that sweet yep. spot. Yep. Um, so I feel like next week is when most drafts will be, um, or over Labor Day weekend. So um, we do have some some uh, news that came out just the other day uh, that is really really impactful for fantasy football owners um, of all kinds. That's Jonathan Taylor granted permission to seek a trade by the Indianapolis Colts. This coming right after Jim Irsay saying that he did not plan on trading Jonathan Taylor. I think this is so stupid. Yeah, the whole situation. I mean, it, he's your best player right now. Yeah, and it's he, like he not even clo- it's like not even close either. Yeah. He is he is your offense if you're the Colts, um, and they've come out. They said they want at least a first round pick for him. Which for a running back in this, I don't think any team's given up a first round pick for him. No, no, I, I could see maybe a second at best, but yeah, even, even then, even then, I still like I I don't really see that. Yeah, uh, especially when you have players like Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette out there in free agency. Um, I I know Jonathan Taylor is a complete playmaker, but you're really getting him for one season, and you got to pay him. Yeah, that's also right, another downside. Right. It's not like you have him for two, three more years. Well, I guess you could if you you tag him, but then you'll be in the same boat as Indianapolis is mm-hmm. right now. He wants to get paid. That's why he wants to get traded. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to be valued. But I feel like there's not many teams out there that are going to value a, a running back. Well, you want to go through the list? We've got uh, we've got some early odds on potential teams that uh, Taylor could be traded to. Yeah. Um. So first off, the the heavy favorite, which this is exactly where my head went when I heard Taylor wanted to trade. It was Miami uh, at plus 250 odds. Now, I mean, Miami, they've been looking for that back for the past couple of years. They, Raheem Mostert, right, is probably their starter. Yep. Um, they traded for Jeff Wilson uh, last year at the trade deadline. And he's just, he's a, a uh, injury fighter. Yeah, he's, he's a backup for sure. Um, he can kind of do it all, but he does it all pretty averagely. Uh, I'd say Jonathan Taylor, you bring him in and he can, I mean, he can change any offense he walks into as long as you have a decent offensive line, of course. Yeah. I'd say, uh, I'd say if he lands in Miami, they've got to be the favorites to win the division. Yeah. hundred percent. I think Um, they'd just be so well-rounded with a, with a true RB one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the perfect fit. They were, they were in on Dalvin cook till pretty much the end. It seemed like. It, it seemed like it came down to either the Jets or the Dolphins. Um, obviously, Coke signed with the Jets. Thank God. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, Miami should be doing all they can to go out and get Jonathan Taylor. I just, for Dolphin, the, the Dolphins' sake and Dolphins' fans' sake, I hope they don't give up too much if they do that. Um, I, I think giving up a first-round pick for a running back is a mistake no matter who it is. I agree. I think even a second is, is walking that line, that territory of... I completely agree. Of, I mean, running backs are a dime a dozen nowadays. Yeah. I mean, is it rare to get a playmaker like Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, but because of how expendable the position is, 
I mean, it's really hard to put a, a high value to it. I think the days of the Christian McCaffrey's and the Alvin Kamara's getting these massive contracts are, are over. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Like, I I think you're you're mortgaging too much if you're giving up even a second round pick for a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pick that you could find some really good value in in the draft. Right. Find the, another key piece for the future. Um, yeah, and I I just can't see a team giving up a first or a second for Jonathan Taylor. And I think the Colts are the Colts probably understand that. Yeah, but they have to they have to set the expectations high. Right. Um. Or else, like they're they're just gonna get fleeced in trades. So. Yeah. Oh, I mean that, or is Jim Irsay really that delusional? I mean, he's the type of guy. I don't know. He, he's. It's funny because he's not valuing running back himself, but he's expecting everybody else to. Right. Um. And setting kind of that precedent of, you know, <laughs> um, hey, th- this guy is really good, but I don't think he's really good. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it it doesn't really make sense to me, but. Yeah. Um, the Colts are going to Colt. Yeah, but again, with Miami, I mean, you, you already have a lot of speed on that offense between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You add, and Raheem Mostert, you add Jonathan Taylor in the mix. I mean, that's probably one of the fastest teams in the league if it already isn't. Oh, yeah. Um, but Miami, uh, I think they have bigger fish to fry. I think their offensive line is a bigger concern than their running back situation. I think when you have Mike McDaniel back there at head coach, uh, it doesn't matter really who's in that backfield because I think the the blocking schemes that he you know uh, puts in place make it so you know as long as you can read a hole as a running back and you're gonna gain four or five yards to carry yeah um, you know I think they'd be just fine with a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette because uh, you have some agile guys already like we said in Moster and uh, Jeff Wilson but. If you get a bruiser like Fournette for uh, goal line packages, you know I think. Well, I think they, that's what they're uh, more in the market for. I'm pretty sure they were also in on Zeke. Yeah. After uh, after Cook ended up signing with the Jets, or no, Zeke signed first. But I think it was like a couple days before I saw something saying they were looking at Zeke as well. I think they're they're just they're really looking to add a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when one of this caliber come becomes available, they're going to be the favorite to land them. Yeah. Uh. So our our second for odds um, is Chicago at plus four hundred. Mm-hmm. I I think this is a lot better fit for Jonathan Taylor than Miami. If you ask my personal opinion, um, uh, again I think Chicago, uh, they have already a, a solid run game because they have Justin Fields in that backfield. Right. You add Jonathan Taylor, that back, you have one of the best run games in the NFL. Uh, if you add Taylor there, they have a young and upcoming offensive line. They drafted Braxton Jones. Um, didn't they, who they draft this year? They got, um, uh, I'm blanking on, on, they drafted a tackle, but, um, Cody Whitehair has got up there in age. Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright. That's who yeah. they got. So yeah, you have him and Braxton Jones. You have Tevin Jenkins. You have a lot of young talent on that offensive line. Um, I think their offensive line will perform better than Miami's this season. I agree uh, with that. I mean, you have who's your running backs back there right now? Khalil, Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman. So th- that's not really a, that scary of a backfield. I mean, they'll get the job done. But if you can add another premier weapon for Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor to accompany DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Big Bob Tanyan, I mean, uh, all of a sudden you're putting in uh, Justin Fields in a better position to succeed yep not that he already isn't in one he, he is but you're just 
improving his odds of being great even more. So I, I think Chicago is where um, Taylor should land. But We also got Baltimore at plus 700. Um, Dobbins is just kind of a big question mark. Yeah. I mean, he has been ever since he's been in the league. It's, it's the health for him. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Denver, Dallas, both at plus 750. Dallas, I don't like either of those, really. I don't see Dallas. Um, I mean, I, I, I can see why Dallas would be on here because they're, they're always making big, splashy plays and moves. Um, I don't see them giving up a high pick for running back, though. And you have Tony Pollard. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's Tony Pollard's backfield now, and he showed that last year that he's ready to succeed in that offense. So right. I, I don't think they have a reason to. And then Denver, you have Williams coming back off the injury. Um, you added Samaj P. Ryan. I yeah. think their backfield's good enough, and I, I just don't see them really making a play. I mean... Yeah, I mean, well the, well, the thing with Denver, though, is, I mean, Javante Williams is coming off a really big injury. Um, so you have a question mark there. Samajay Pirine is better as a complimentary back. He's not yeah. a starter. You bring in Jonathan Taylor, and, I mean, that's just a new shiny toy for Sean Payton to, to use. It alleviates pressure off of Russell Wilson. It will improve the passing game because it, it'll take, again, pressure off Russell Wilson. Um I, I could see Denver making a play for Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, I mean, I don't know what their draft capital situation looks like, but uh, Sean, uh, Sean um, Payne, yes. He, he's, he's a great coach, and you put uh, Taylor behind that backfield. Uh, he's leading the league in rushing yards again. Yeah, some so. dark horse teams. We've got Buffalo plus 1,000, Tampa Bay plus 1,000, Minnesota plus 1,500. Um, I mean, these all make sense just because of like where their their back their running back room is at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota would be very interesting, I think. Well, because you add him to Justin Jefferson, you have yeah the best receiver in the league and arguably the best running back in the same yeah. offense. Um, yeah, Minnesota could be a sneaky play. I I think they're kind of I think they're okay with having Madison as their as their guy though. He's kind of been set up to be the guy to take over for Dalvin Cook when he right. wasn't there. And he's um, and he's always performed very well in Cook's absences. Yeah, and there was a lot of them. Um, so I I think if you go and trade for Jonathan Taylor, you're giving a big middle finger to Alexander Madison. I agree. Um, but it it would be a lot of fun to see Taylor in that offense. Uh, Tampa, um, I mean, <laughs> you lose Brady, you replace him with Baker Mayfield. That's a major downgrade. You lose Leonard Fournette. I mean, Rashad White. Who knows how he's going to come out looking? The problem with Tampa is they still have like no money, right? So being able to trade for Taylor and then pay him is not going to be easy for them. Yeah, I mean they're a team that that's you know trying to to hold on to the littlest bit of success they can. Yeah, but they're a year away from a rebuild. Yeah, they don't they don't really have a reason to go all in on a running back right now. Yeah, I think they're I think they need a lot more pieces than that. Now Buffalo plus one thousand. I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably do Buffalo or or Chicago. But I mean Buffalo with those odds, they have James Cook, and then the next best guy is Damian Harris, who's underperformed every year. He was with New England. Um, I mean James Cook, they're going to give him a shot. I I think Cook can be the guy, but I, I agree. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them hedge their bets and, tr- and trade for Jonathan Taylor and make that, that final push offensively to you know get them over that hump that they've been trying to get over to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
So, I mean, what does this mean for Jonathan Taylor's fantasy value? Uh, I think it all, like, I'm still kind of staying away from him until he's traded. Yeah. Um, Once the trade happens, it's like, I mean, it's, he's got to be a first rounder. It's a, definitely a risky investment, uh, depend, no matter where you're, you're drafting him. Right now, um, where does Fantasy Pros have him going? They have him 17th overall, RB8 off the board. I mean, the guys going after him, like Josh Jacobs, um, who we'll get to in a minute, Najee Harris, Harris, Joe Mixon, Travis Etienne, are all guys that are in safe situations right now. Mm -hmm. I I would take over Jonathan Taylor. But again, if you you gamble by taking Jonathan Taylor in whatever the third round you go in him, I, I think it could pay off big time. I completely agree. I mean, that could I mean, be a move I'm that still, could win. I'm still a huge Jonathan Taylor guy. I just, yeah. you you can't bank on him right now while he's still in the Colts. Because yeah. clearly he doesn't want to be there. Clearly the organization has their own feelings about him. And so when, whenever he gets moved, I think he shoots right back up rankings. But as for now, like, there's nothing you can really do about him. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're not going to be in any hurry to move him either. Right. Because they're most likely going to get draft capital for him. So as long as he's moved by the trade deadline, you know, who cares if he sits out games? That's not going to affect them at yeah. all. He's not playing for them regardless. Um, speaking of not playing, well, actually, the opposite. Uh, Josh Jacobs plans on returning to Vegas this season. Yeah. Um, uh, he said news. he'll be back by week one. Yeah. And I, I think that's huge. I think Josh Jacobs has been another one of those big question marks. It's another one of those guys where he's still one of my favorite backs in the league uh, as from a fantasy perspective. And I think now that he's made it pretty clear that he's going to be back um, right. by for week one, like at a late uh, at an ADP of like a late second, early third at RB nine, I'm all over that. Yeah. It's crazy because he's again, you said he's going out, RB nine, according to fantasy pros, um, he was the leading rusher last year with sixteen hundred fifty yards, uh, twelve touchdowns, and that was just on the ground. Yeah, um, that doesn't include his receiving work. I believe if you include his receiving work, uh, was he a two thousand yard player? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I can check real quick. Last year he was the number one uh, running back in standard fantasy leagues, number three in PPR. No, and in PPR he was the tenth overall player. Like, yeah, I mean, he had, yeah, he had another fifty-three catches uh, for four hundred yards through the air. So he was a two thousand-yard player, which is if you can do that in fantasy, that that's impressive. I mean, yeah, it, it, other players that have done it. I mean, Chris McCaffrey, Ladainian Thompson, didn't it? I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Probably. Um, I mean, it's some great company to be in, but the fact that he's going so low after having the year he did last season is surprising to me and it's got to be because of the contract situation it has to be yeah i think people i think that scares a lot of people away yeah um especially when when the guy's literally holding out yeah um so i mean there's that big question mark is like is he gonna play is he gonna be playing week one like should i really take that risk and god forbid he just keeps sitting out like i'm i just kind of shot myself in the foot there right. but now that he's made it pretty clear he's going to return before week one, he's an RB1. 100% an RB1. Um, I mean, the the fact that you can have the number one overall pick and draft Justin Jefferson 
and then come back and also get Josh Jacobs at the end of the second as your RB1. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Don't tell people that. That, that. I have the first pick. <laughs> that's that's outrageous. That's yeah. wide receiver and a running back one. At number one, I mean, that's that's a steal. Yeah. But um, well, uh, what I was going to say uh, earlier was Jacobs, his whole situation, um, you know, are they going to run him into the ground this year? He's playing on that last year of his contract, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why wouldn't they? Uh, the, uh, what's also scares me though is they have a downgraded quarterback. You're going from Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they have a downgraded quarterback, and their offense just isn't great in general. Yeah, and I mean Josh McDaniels, uh, he's not the the greatest head coach out there. Um, but I mean, if they do run him on the ground, that's great for fantasy owners. Yeah, I mean, um, as, as bad as their offense can be at times, like, sure, they have Devontae Adams and, like, whatever, but as bad as it can be, he still puts up numbers in that offense every year. That's true, yeah. Um, and he, he has since he came into the league, so. But but I also think a, a large reason for his production last season was because he had 350 freaking carries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of wear and tear on a running back in one season. He had over 400, or uh, no, never mind. He had nearly 400 touches in total. He had 53, uh, yeah, 53 receptions and 340 carries. Yeah, that's that that that's crazy. I mean, that is that's Derrick Henry type usage. Right. Um, and and we we've seen how it's affected Derrick Henry over the past couple of seasons. Yep. I mean, there's been years where he can't even make it past week nine or ten because he's getting a, some new injury. Um, and he's always on the questionable list. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's no spry chicken. He's, what, 26 now? Who, Jacobs? 25, 26. He's, he's he, 25. He's, he's getting up there in age um, for running back, I should say. Yeah. I'm not too worried. I mean, he's only been in the league for four seasons. But and... he's, if he has another season with 350 carries, I mean, his longevity is... Yeah, no, me. I mean, yeah, there's no denying that. But at the same time, like, his first... Three league, uh, three seasons in the league. He had two forty two, two seventy three, two seventeen. So I mean, it's not like he's been run into the ground for the last four seasons. Right. At, at least like last year was like that first year where like they really had to utilize him. But I mean, he's he's just a consistent back. Like, yeah. There's no arguing that. And uh, yeah, no, I th- I think he's going a little too late for my liking. Um. Well, actually, it would be my liking because that means I can get him later in my yeah, drafts. Yeah, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Vegas will run him on the ground this season once again. Uh, but will he see 350 carries either? You, you kind of have to hope not as yeah. a fantasy owner. Like, you you don't want that out of you guys. Sure, you're going to get extra production. But, like, at the same time, you're you're risking the injury there. Exactly. So. And, and, and that's a big concern, which I think you kind of got to think about when you're drafting some of these running backs – you know, it's the reason Derrick Henry's going a little later now. Yeah. Uh, then he used, you know, he used to be a top five pick every every year, but now he's what in the second, third yeah. round, well, second more so. But when you have these running backs that are workhorse backs, it's going to take a toll on their durability. So. Yeah. So, well, here's some other guys. We we're just talking about Jacobs going later um, than we would like. I guess not really. That's not a way to way to put it, but. Then later than where we would have them. Yeah. Um, we have a couple guys going in round six or later that we think really have high value. Um, 
started off with Mike Evans. He's going in the middle of the sixth round right now, wide receiver 30. That's according to Fantasy Pros. Correct. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is just one of the most consistent receivers of this generation. Literally. And no matter who's at quarterback, I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask or whoever they decide to throw back there, Mike Evans is going to put up yards. Mike Evans is going to score touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he, he's gone for 1,000 receiving yards in every season he's played, yep. uh, which is nine seasons. Yeah, and I don't see that changing this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a mismatched nightmare. If you're a cornerback, you're fearing lining up against this man. Yeah, 100%. He is 6'5". He has hands of steel. Like, he can catch everything. Um, the th- thing, though, is, you know, the quarterback situation, but I think that benefits him almost in a way because – Having Baker Mayfield, there's going to be turnovers. You're going to be down a lot of games. You're going to be forced to throw the ball late. You know, um, when he was with Brady, a lot of times they were up. I feel like he, he wasn't um, getting a, as many targets as he will now. Yeah, and I think we could also say the same about Chris Godwin. I mean, they're yeah. kind of going right around that same range. Yeah. And I, I think having two established wide receivers that know the offense, that have been there, like, no, no matter who you plug in at quarterback, they're going to find ways to get open. They're going to find ways to make plays. They're going to be the keys in that offense if they're going to want to compete in games and compete for that division, which is weak anyways. The fact that guys like um, Drake London and Brandon Ayuk are going up before Mike Evans and Chris Godwin baffles me. Yeah, I completely agree. The only reason I, w- I would put Mike Evans slightly above Chris Godwin is – because Chris Godwin does have that injury history, mm-hmm. and Mike Evans has just been an Iron Man his entire career. Yeah, and again, a thousand receiving yards in every season he's played. Yeah, I that that's equates to fantasy points, right? Yeah, I mean, and that doesn't take into account all the receptions he he gets as well, and that you know he's a great red zone target. Um, so I I I do agree, both of them are great value in the sixth or later if you can get them. Yeah. Uh, Next one is the guy we already touched on a little bit, James Cook. Um, Right now, he's RB28, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, He's going late sixth, early seventh round. And like we said, like, if they don't make a move for Jonathan Taylor, like, that's his backfield to lose. Right. And he's got the opportunity to show that. I mean, it's an offense that passes a lot to begin with, but he could also be a threat in the receiving game. Yeah. Um, So, I, I, I mean, I love James Cook at this value. I... I'm, I think, a bit higher on him than a lot of people are this year. Um, and I think you are as well. I'm, I'm very high on James Cook. Like, I, I think, yeah, I mean, James Cook is just a guy, like, if you're if you're sitting there in the sixth round and James Cook's available, like, I'm all over that. Yeah, and you you look at his, you know, who's behind him. Damien Harris, like we said, Damien Harris was very, very unproductive, in my opinion, in New England. Yeah. Um, and he's one of those backs that he's, he's just a back. He's, he's a guy. But James Cook, they took him in, what, the third round was he drafted? Or the second? Something like that. Um, he was drafted, I think he was a day two guy, right? Why Who, um, Why is a British explorer coming up when I look up James Cook? <laughs> James Cook, draft position. Yeah, I mean, he was... He was 63, so he yeah, was a, second round pick. a late second round pick. You, you don't take somebody in the late second round if you don't intend to play him. Right. Especially yeah. running back. Yeah, and and like we said, with running backs nowadays, you know, you're not going to take one in the first round. You're not going to spend, you know, 
that a high draft pick on a running back. They're not valued as much. We just went in this whole spiel with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think running uh, round two is exactly where you know a, a workhorse running back is is going. Look at Jonathan Taylor. He was a second round pick. Um, uh, Josh Jacobs was first round pick, but um, there there's been a lot of great running backs that have come out of the second round. Even going back to like. Uh, Deshaun McCoy was like a second round pick and he was a fantasy beast. I, I think James Cook has really, really high upside. The offensive line has improved over this offseason. Derrick Henry I mean, was a second round pick. Derrick Henry was also a second <laughs> round pick, yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, James Cook's backfield to lose. He's going to get that receiving work um, as well. I I I think he's probably a RB2 to finish the season. Yeah. At his floor, in, I agree. In my opinion, we got Jamal Williams. Um, we touched on him last episode. But yeah, I did want to bring him back up uh, just because of that whole situation in New Orleans. Yeah, he's right now sitting at RB thirty-seven, going late ninth, early tenth. But yeah. he's going to be the starter for the first. Was it four, three games? Three games. Three games. Was Kamara was suspended, and I, you have a. Uh, and Kendra Miller, right? Yeah, for the well, Saints. But like even then, when the when Kamara comes back, like he's not a workhorse back anymore. No, and and, and we saw how how he struggled last year, having a full workload. Correct. Um, he's the type of guy that needs a complimentary back, and that offense has always been most successful when there's been a complimentary back in that backfield. Yeah. Going back to again, we mentioned this last episode, Mark Ingram, those two. Played off each other very, very well. Um, I, 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 and you get something similar with Jamal Williams. He's a power do. back, but he's also going to have some big playability. Mm-hmm. He's, I, I think he's one of the most underrated backs in the league. I've thought that for years, even when he was in Green Bay behind uh, Aaron Jones. Like Jamal Williams is one of those guys that when he needs to uh, step into a big role, he performs. He does, and he did that last year. He, um, he led the, and I really think he's going to do that this year. He led the team in touchdowns last year with 17. Yeah, he led the league, didn't he? That's, that's what I meant. He led the league in touchdowns last year with 17. Um, it, yeah, it was for the Lions, who had a really efficient offense last year. But uh, New Orleans is going to have a really good offense as well. Um, I mean, you have some great receivers. Uh, yeah, Derek Carr. That are going to support that run game. You can't have one without the other. Um, I, I think Jamal Williams, again... Even if Kamara comes back, Williams is going to see that goal line work, and I think he could very well lead the league in rushing touchdowns once again. I could see it uh, after what he did last season. The fact that he's going this late, late ninth, early tenth—that's criminal. Yeah, uh, it's almost like people are not looking at last year's production and taking that you know for uh, for granted. Josh Jacobs going lower, especially after what he did last year. Yeah. Jamal Williams. I mean, those are two backs that. If you got late last year in drafts, they probably carried your team to the playoffs, um, and that's the kind of value you need to look for when you're drafting. The, your, your league isn't won in the first couple rounds of the draft; it's won, you know, in the, in the later rounds and uh, how you manage. So, yeah. Then we got uh, another receiver. We got Kadarius Tony, um, right now ranked wide receiver forty-eight, going late tenth, early eleventh round. I mean, if he's healthy, he's the number one receiver in Kansas City. He is. Uh, your number one receiving option is obviously going to be Travis Kelsey. Yep. But, I mean, Travis Kelsey's getting up there in age. Kadarius Tony, um, we saw 
during the playoffs and especially the Super Bowl last year, they they were making plays designed for him. They haven't had a weapon like Kadarius Tony since Tyreek Hill. And he wasn't there for long. So it's not yeah. like he was there all year and like they implemented those pretty quickly and now they have the whole offseason, whole preseason to yep. scheme him into the offense. Like I think I think Darius Tony's actually if he could stay healthy, is going to put up a pretty big season. Yeah, and, and that, I mean that's obviously going to be the, the biggest question mark is his health. Yep. It was, you know, there's a lot of question marks about his time in New York. Um, he's let fans know he hated his time in New York, but now that he's in Kansas City. Um, again, if he can stay healthy, you're playing with the best quarterback in the game right now. Yeah, uh, and you, you know, don't really have much comp, uh, competition for that number one receiving job at the moment. Uh, I know some people are high on Rasheed Rice. I believe you're one yep. of them. Yep. Um, I mean, Justin Ross has had flashes in camp. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling is always going to be a, a three. But, uh, it, yeah, Tony's in for a big season. Yeah. If, if he can stay healthy. I completely agree. And then uh, – I, I love this last guy. That yeah, we we've got a tight end on here, Dalton Schultz. Um, uh, he's going in the early 13th rounds. Uh, he's tight end 11 off the board. So if you're in a 10-team league – uh, he's pretty much going as a backup. Yeah. This is a guy that I, th- I think can finish as a top five tight end in fantasy. Um, he's always been an above average tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He hits free agent. He gets paid by Houston. Um, and he's, as of right now, I think Houston's best receiving threat. And uh, Houston has a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud. Rookie quarterbacks love using the tight end as a safety blanket. I think he's going to get a lot of targets this season. I completely agree. Um, I mean, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're one of those people that waits on tight end, like, and you have in the 10th, 11th, 12th round range, and Dalton Schultz is there, that's a guy you kind of you have to really think about jumping all over there because, like you said, rookie quarterback. I mean, we talked we talked about it all last year. When a team comes in with a rookie quarterback, they're going to look to their tight end. You look at uh, you look at the Steelers last year. Pat Fryermuth. Yes, had a really solid season had the rookie quarterback mm-hmm. um and it's just how it's always been so yeah. bringing in that veteran tight end who's the last couple of years has actually been a very very strong play in fantasy he has um, i mean he's he's been a tight end one or not well he's been a yeah tight end one uh he's not the tight end one yeah i mean Kelsey, t- but. 2021 you look he finishes tight end three he had, yeah. had 70 uh 78 catches 800 yards Wow, I can't talk. 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Like, that's production right there. And that's probably going to be similar to what I can see him putting up in this offense where the wide receiver room is not established. It's a very young wide receiver room and a couple guys that have just been kind of there, like Nico Collins. I love Nico right. Collins, but, like, he's he's just not he's not a number one receiver. He hasn't taken that next step. And I mean, John Metchie, this is basically going to be a rookie season for him. Yep. Robert Woods is past his prime. Tank Dell has looked like their best receiving threat th- so far through the preseason, but he's a small guy. He's 5'8". Yeah. You're not going to really look to him in, in you know the red zone and stuff. So I, I think Dalton Schultz uh, is multifunctional. I completely uh, agree. You know, you, you're going to look for him you know, first, second downs, but also you know converting a third down, dump off pass to him. Uh, if you're in the red zone, you know, uh, a, a big body is, what, 6'5"? Like, yeah. He's, he's a big dude. Um, he was Dak's safety blanket uh, for Dallas. I mean, I, I think he's going way too low um, for the value that he brings. Yeah, no, I completely agree. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, those are, those are some late round mid, mid to late round sleepers, um, that we like going into these, going into the draft season here. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much it for this episode. I, next week, like I said, we're going to have our full season predictions, award predictions. It's going to be a good one. Uh, make sure you tune into that one. Check us out on social media. We're at ice bath sports on Instagram and TikTok. at ice bath pod on Twitter. And you could check out the video version of this episode on the Ice Bath Sports Podcast YouTube page. Nailed it. And, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for this week. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. And as always, stay stay cool. cool.